Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. It's time to wind up your podcasting listening devices. Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast is on the air. Trade deadline edition. And like we talked about in the past, there were a lot of trades that were like, who? What? And there were a couple of surprises. And there was one that, as big as it was, really wasn't a surprise. And before we move on, you, you, uh, you have you enjoyed the trade deadline uh, action this year? Yeah, I guess I have. I've been. Uh, it's been fun to see all of the major writers like Jeff Passan and John Heyman and uh, Morosi, all of them, and coming back and forth. It's a done deal. No, it's not quite done. Oh, Ken Rosenthal, I also heard, was traded to uh, the Bre- to the Brewers. I think. Oh wait, that was another Rosenthal. Um, yeah. So James Wood and the actor was also traded um, yeah. during this trade deadline. So yeah, it's been exciting. I did try not to look at Twitter, but that was that didn't work very well. I, I think it's funny because I saw Rosenthal, Jim Bowden, both in the Athletic, going through the list of here's what could happen, and of course nobody could write the Dodgers off, but. I've watched the Dodgers long enough now to know that they weren't getting ready by the moves they made beforehand. They weren't getting ready necessarily to move in and swoop in and change something. No, I think that Andrew Friedman likes to play chess and he was making chess moves. Not necessarily that a player that certain players were going to come to the Dodgers, but that other teams may have to give up more then maybe they were wanting right and so, uh yeah so we're gonna get we're gonna dive fully into that in just a second before we move on to talk trade deadline and uh who moved where and our thoughts in that um we have some winners to announce winner we gave away some t-shirts and uh, thanks to our partner in this giveaway uh, game the game day chic it's at the game day chic the game day chic is that correct that That's is their instagram correct. yep and then uh, the game day can you find you find them online is it game day chic or the game day chic.com game day chic okay so game day chic and that's c h i c um, dot com, and you can go and check out some of their great uh, T-shirts and that, and um, and see what all they have to offer. Who were our winners? Let's start with uh, with our two SRBB T-shirt winners, and then who won? All right, so two, yeah, two very excited uh, winners of our SRBB T-shirts. Uh, we're Mary from Idaho and Amanda from Florida. Sweet. Wow. And then our grand prize winner with who got an SRBB t-shirt 
and a $40 gift card from at the game day chic. Really cool uh, t-shirts to go along with the SRBB t-shirt. That was Alex from California. Sweet. Well, congratulations to the winners. We thank you for uh, for checking it out and uh, and playing along. Uh, stay tuned. We're planning another uh, giveaway, and we're kind of trying to get. Now that we've got it under our belt, it's like, hey, let's let's do some more of this. Um, it would be better if we could get some, uh, you know, Dr Pepper sponsorship. Um, or anybody else that wants to participate in a giveaway with us, uh, that would be great. And uh, while you think about if you want to do that or not, uh, you know, once again, congratulate uh, our winners. Put a little note uh, on uh, on our post from Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, Twitter at sibling rivalry BB without the A, and on Instagram and Facebook. And on Instagram and Facebook at Sibling Rivalry BB with the A. And another really cool thing I'm really excited about this is uh, I'm going to be putting it up on the Instagram page, Facebook page, uh, Twitter page. But uh, I am now a Zox ambassador. And Zox are, um, I'd say, bracelets but they're they're cloth so they're just really cool and they just have really cool sayings and I have a ton of them and I'll be sharing those with you and uh, on our social media plus I have a code that you can get 25% off on your first Zox purchase so I'll be sharing that on across our social media platforms Trade deadline just happened. Before we get to talking about the trade deadline, I know we're a baseball podcast, but I definitely have to uh, to call this out and uh, and say farewell to uh, you know a great human being and an incredible basketball player. Bill Russell uh, left the world uh, just a couple of days ago uh, in the NBA from 1956 to 1969, an 11-time champion. 12-time All-Star, five-time MVP, two-time NCAA champion. His number six is retired with both the University of San Francisco and the Boston Celtics. He got a gold medal in the Olympics. And two of those championships he got were as player coach in the uh, the late 60s. So just... Uh, just an all-around uh, incredible human being, Bill Russell. And uh, just wanted to uh, send out our condolences to his family. And just make note of uh, an incredible athlete and, like I said, an incredible human. All right. Now, you said you thought that there was some fun in the trade deadline. I, for the most part, felt like, eh, whatever. Well, yeah, I can see that. The only thing I think is fun is, like I said, checking Twitter to see what's going on. And so, yes, as far as this year's trade deadline, everybody knew there was one guy. He was it. And where was he going to go? 
It's been weeks of speculation. So in that case, and it happened early, a lot of times the really good trades happen right like five minutes after the deadline. Yeah, we um, so get I think them right just, at deadline. Yeah, and when that didn't happen this year, I think it was just fun, you know, just kind of check Twitter every once in a while, see if something happened. But yeah, no, I would agree with you. Now, all of the teams across Major League Baseball made trades, except for the Colorado Rockies. Which is interesting because they had some pieces that people thought might move. Jose Iglesias being one of them because he's, you know, in the top 10 batting in the league has been, and he's a great defender. So thought maybe he might move, um, maybe a pitcher, but yeah, I thought that their closer that they have relied on Daniel Bard would be somebody who moved, but instead the Rockies extended him for two years for about $19 million. So instead of making any trades, they just kept their cards close to their chest and extended reliever Daniel Bard. They didn't even, they didn't even take the hand. They just left the cards on the table completely. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We got to talk about the biggest trade uh, of the last couple of days. And it happened um, yesterday, actually, when the Yankees acquired right-handed pitcher Scott Efros from the Cubs for a right-handed pitcher, Hayden Wesneski. Oh, yeah, I couldn't believe that trade. I It really shocked me when I saw it come across. I was like, are they, what are they thinking? But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, Cubs are the Yankees in are in contention. Yeah, and the Yankees are in contention. I mean, they are the best team in baseball right now. You got Aaron Judge, who is just crazy on fire. Um, but that trade, yeah, that was the one that really was like, all right, you know, okay, Cubs. You know, I thought maybe the Cubs would keep him because they're rebuilding, and he was a really good rebuilding piece, but I guess not. So really everything that, that there were some trades we talked about last week, uh, Daniel Vogelbach moved to the Mets. Um, we did see uh, Tyler Noquin uh, find his way to the Mets from the Reds. Um, those were a couple things that are not that big. Really the biggest domino to fall fell early. And that was Luis Castillo, who was, the top pitcher, uh, at least that was the talk. He was the number one pitcher available in the draft, and the Reds sent him to Seattle. Yeah, that was a surprise. I did not see him going to Seattle and really going into the American League. I thought he would stay in a National League club. I know uh, Dodger Twitterverse was really hoping that he would be in a Dodger blue. Um, but yeah, big surprise that not that he was traded, but that he's now a Mariner. And the Dodgers, as far as pitching goes, only really made one move of note. And that was picking up Chris Martin. Yeah. Um, Chris Martin, who we've seen, played against him uh, when he was brave. Um, they picked him up from uh, Chicago and traded Zach McKinstry 
to Chicago for Chris Martin. So one thing with Zach McKinstry, uh, good player, um, fun to watch, and he'll have a lot of playing time in Chicago, is my hope, because um, he didn't have that much in uh, L.A. Now, Chris Martin joins a bullpen with the Dodgers that are awaiting quite a few players. Bruce Star Gratterall, who's been um, on and off. Blake Trinan, I heard, is actually throwing live batting practice or live, to live hitters. Uh, Tommy Conley, yep. who I don't even remember ever seeing him pitch for the Dodgers. I think he did once or twice, but, you know, missed that. Victor Gonzalez, finally wicked. And a guy that we picked up last year at the trade deadline from Kansas City, Danny Duffy. All those guys are scheduled to come out the injured list in the next few weeks. So, you know, Chris Martin may be in a pretty crowded bullpen, and I think that's why the Dodgers didn't really pick up a lot of, go out there and make a lot of moves necessarily. Um, there were some well, some surprises, but uh, the Dodgers weren't really part of the surprises. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> More in what they didn't try to stop from happening. Swooping in. Like last year, there was all this talk, and we might as well just get it out here now. Last year, there was all the talk about Max Scherzer going to the Padres. And at the last minute, when it was like, like you said earlier, it's a done deal. No, it's not a done deal. No, there's still a few things to work out. And it was day of last second Dodgers signed Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Yeah. And I think that is really the biggest surprise is because it was Padres, Padres, Padres with Max Scherzer, but the Dodgers get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner uh, so maybe that was part of the reason why AJ Preller was so crazy. And I think he's crazy every trade deadline, but um, this time, especially with uh, trying to to one up, you know, like that's not going to happen again. That's not going to happen. So and it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. And uh, just as everybody had pretty much been reporting since the beginning, but to make it interesting, said, oh, this team's still involved. The Dodgers still seem to be. The Dodgers are very aggressive. Yeah, St. Louis was involved, but yeah. they weren't willing to give up a piece. And so that kind of was a catalyst of, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think the Mets might have been involved. But I think the Nationals were like, we're not, we are not we going to, to trade to 17 times yeah. a year or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, the interesting part of this deal and what would have made it even better was, so we all know Juan Soto, along with first baseman Josh Bell, are now Padres. And I'm sorry that they have to wear those City Connect uniforms every Friday at home. But that's where they are. But Eric Hosmer, kind of a linchpin, because he had he has a well he had I guess a ten team no trade clause, and the Nationals were one of the teams 
on that list. So it was first like, oh, well, if Eric Cosmer doesn't give the stamp of approval, if he doesn't give the stamp of approval, well, the deal is off, which seemed like, really? You're going to give all the power to Eric Cosmer? He's like, ha, 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 I can, you know, what can I do? But that's not what happened. It was a done deal. They were just trying to kind of put him in to the mix. Uh, and instead, the Nationals get C.J. Abrams, Luke Voigt, who, if he was friendly with Eric Cosmer, I don't know if he would be friendly with him anymore. Or maybe he's happy. I don't know. But um, Mackenzie Gore, who is a pitcher. And then top prospects, Robert Hassel III. Actor James Wood. I mean, just James Wood, the baseball player. And Harlan, Susanna, uh, all go to D.C. Now, Eric Hosmer, the interesting part of this is he was, like I said, going to be part of the deal, but he refused to be traded, and instead he was traded to the Red Sox, and uh, the Padres will pay $44 million to the Red Sox to take Eric Cosmer away. That's a lot of money. Yep. And so the, the Red Sox will only be on the hook for just the, you know, just the base pay of, you know, what's it like entry level pay <laughs> for right. a major leaguer. And that's all. So it was a good deal for the Red Sox. Maybe. I mean, he hasn't been that great. So uh, another guy headed to San Diego, Josh Hader. Yep. They made some and moves. They really they did, did. They, and they, also, that really improved their team. Yeah, and also Cincinnati's Brandon Drury is now a Padre. Yep. So, yeah, it'll be a really different-looking team. Um, Dodgers will be facing them this weekend, so we will get to see that up close and personal. The Phillies made some moves. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple minutes. Um, and the Dodgers didn't make, you know, they made a few moves. Uh, the Mets picked up uh, Darren Ruff from the Giants, who we talked about last week, hitting a grand slam, his first ever. And uh, yeah. now he'll be able to try to do that in Matland as they're uh, contending for the NL East uh, title and a playoff berth. The Orioles sent uh, their closer and all-star Jorge Lopez to the Twins. He's another guy I was, I, I honestly thought the Dodgers were going to get a closer somewhere. I did too. I did too. And, uh, you know, as it went, I didn't think that they were going to, I want, I, I wanted uh, Bednar out of Philly. I mean, out of Pittsburgh, but it doesn't, he didn't go anywhere. You know, there were the Astros made some, some moves and picked up. They needed a better hitting catcher and uh, they got that in Christian Vasquez. Um, they, uh, they, the asterisks traded off Jake Odorizzi to the Braves to kind of fortify their rotation. He's been off and on, so I'm not sure exactly. They gave up Will Smith, uh, a reliever for, uh, for him. Um, they also got Trey Mancini from the Orioles. So they were making some moves to uh, help them out. Um, Tommy Pham 
everyone wanted to know, where's Tommy Pham going? His name was everywhere, right? He's in Boston uh, for, like, to be determined. How do you feel when you get traded and it's to be determined <laughs> who the I other people know. get? Yeah. <laughs> I so, don't know that that would make me feel good. Right. The Rays made a few different moves. Um, and uh, talking about Rays, Brett Phillips, who they DFA'd, uh, found his Which way to Which I thought was, a, I know, I'm so glad to see that. I was like, this is a travesty. Brett Phillips has to be playing baseball somewhere, and I'm glad that he'll be at Camden Yards. He'll be fun. Yeah, part of that move was because uh, the Rays picked up Jose Siri, the uh, Houston center fielder, and he's got a decent bat. The, the Rays picked up a few different players trying to, to make something happen. So now let's take a look. I know there's a lot of them we probably could go through because uh, there were a lot of different uh, trades, um, but let's uh, let's look at some of the stuff that the Dodgers did. Uh, I know that uh, they sent away. Um, in fact, I think I even asked you about him. What do you think about trading him just the other day, just between us? And sure enough, he got traded, and that's uh, Mitch White, who's been pitching really well. Yeah, he's been pitching really well. Um, he was sent down after his last outing, not because he had a bad outing, but um, roster moves, things like that. And he is now a Toronto Blue Jay. And then they also gave up another, you know, guy who's who's been having a, an okay time since he's been called up from uh, AAA, and that's Jake Lamb is on the move. Yeah, that one was a little bit of a surprise to me, but he is a uh, he was traded to Seattle, and uh, he looked really good in his time with the Dodgers. And um, I think he's from the Seattle area, from what I understand. So going back home, Garrett Clevenger, I think we mentioned he is going to Tampa Bay. The one that I'm thinking they know what they're doing, and maybe it's just a change of scenery, is they traded their number 15 prospect, Clayton Beater, who is a pitcher to the Yankees for Joey Gallo. Yes, that was stunned silence. I know across Twitter and you, you even uh, texted me today. It's like, really, Andrew Friedman? And really, what's he going to do if everybody's healthy? There's not really any place for him. Yeah, I don't know where he's an outfielder. Um, he play in the you know play left field platoon with Trace Thompson, and that would move Gavin Lux back into the infield. Uh, Chris Taylor will be coming back. He's going to be starting a rehab assignment soon, and in fact, I think this week. Uh, so where does he fit in or will it be Joey Gallo platoons with Trace Thompson in the outfield, uh, Chris Taylor platoons with Gavin Lux in the infield. Right. Yeah. It, it's going to be crazy how that works. And I think a lot of it's all going to come down to what's Joey's bat. How is he hitting? 
uh, like I said, they don't really need him. Maybe that's the key is uh, him not having the pressure, but they didn't really need him in New York either when you've got Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and that. But, you know, that's it. That was a major surprise, I think, that he went there of all the places that he could have gone. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's like he, had an interview and he said, I, you know, I didn't do, I didn't do well here in New York. And I, you know, it was basically, I'm sorry, kind of, you know, apologies. Uh, and, but I don't think he knew why, you know, I don't know if he, if he figured out, you know, obviously when he was a Texas Ranger, he was, he was it for that club. And then he became a Yankee and just fell off. Um, you know, the face of right. the earth traded, kind of baseball. Traded last year at the trade deadline. Uh, he gets yeah. uh, traded again this year at the trade deadline and we'll see what happens with him with the Dodgers. Well, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Dodgers. If they can get, you know, get him right at the plate. Um, he is going to be a free agent after this season. So it's probably a low risk. Yeah. For the Dodgers to pick him up. Yeah, and if it doesn't work out, they can always DFA him. It's not like a, you know, they're locked into him there. Uh, the other surprises actually came from the Angels today. One we thought was going to happen. Two others we didn't. And the first one of the day was unexpected. And the Angels send... Brandon Marsh, Captain Caveman, Captain Caveman, to the Phillies for what now becomes their number one prospect in their system, a catcher named Logan O'Hope, who was, uh, he was just biding his time as the Phillies number three prospect, but JT Romuto's there and signed to a long-term contract. He's not getting anywhere anytime soon so he comes to the angels the angels are in need of a catcher at least to to build up on max stassi's been having his problems we got kirk suzuki who's you know on his uh, last legs it seems at times so that was an okay but very surprising trade of the trades you figured there would be one trade made and that would have been thor Noah Syndergaard, and that one came later. That was like yeah. late in the uh, in the day on on trade led trade deadline day. Yeah, he had even tweeted out a picture of uh, John Travolta in char- John Travolta's character from Pulp Fiction. You know, kind of looking around like, "All right, what's going on here?" And then the next thing you know, he is traded to the Phillies and the angels get outfielder Mickey Moniak, who was a, who was a uh, top prospect in the Phillies organization. They actually get two so outfielders surprised. out of that one. There's uh Hadiel Sanchez oh, that's right. as well. That's right. Yes. I-, I was surprised with Brandon Marsh because I thought if you're going to trade, you know, if you had a choice, Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele, I would say Joe Adele all day long. But, the thing is, the Phillies need defense more than offense. 
And Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh are like best friends, but they're Joe Adele's bat's been better than Brandon Marsh. And Brandon Marsh has been much better defensively. Uh, and then the last one that it wasn't so much a surprise that it happened. It's just that it wasn't talked about. And I'm not, I'm not surprised that a deal got done. Uh, and that's that uh, Rysel Iglesias uh, is now a brave. Yeah. He said that he hoped that he would have been able to stay through his contract with the angels, but he said baseball is baseball and he's going to be a brave now. And the angels get one of the most traded. In fact, he is the most traded player in all of baseball. And that is Jesse Chavez, who has been a Dodger. And I don't, uh, he's, he's been everywhere. Yeah, he's um, like, uh, like 10 the, different the, teams. He's like the um, Johnny Cash song, I've Been Everywhere. Yeah, I've he Been ha- Everywhere, has. man. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they've got him and left-handed pitcher Tucker Davidson. Uh, of course, Iggy's going to take over for Will Smith, uh, closing things out for the Braves. Uh, of course, we mentioned Will Smith traded uh, to the asterisks for Jake Odorizzi a little bit earlier. So there's still a ton of stuff that we didn't even get to, you know, um, just one more. Uh, The Twins made a lot of moves. Also, they got another pitcher, one of the Reds pitchers, Tyler Molly, um, and uh, for three prospects, they they got Jorge Lopez. So there was some decent moves and teams that are trying to, to make it into the playoffs this year. Of course, the Angels bailed out early and saying, and nobody really thought that the uh, the Angels would give up Otani. They weren't going to trade him. There weren't too many teams that could really afford what they wanted. I know the Dodgers were really looking at it. Artie Marino's not going to let his number one draw go to his competition. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why um, we heard later in the day that he had, uh, Otani had been locked in the basement of Angel Stadium. Right. You're not going anywhere. Keep him safe. I I think that they're going to try to keep him and sign him long term. But, and we even had, uh, we even had a little bit of that go on. We could talk about that when we get to around baseball. But there were a couple of players that, uh, not that they were trade bait. But they got uh, they got signed to a pretty decent extension, especially an all star out of uh, Atlanta. Got that. So how it all shakes out and will it make a difference for the teams that made the bigger trades? How will the Dodgers shake through everything? Will their little moves and the potential of all these players coming back? I think that they put a lot on the fact that there's a lot of players that are coming back from the injured list and they're hoping that those players are going to fall in and contribute right away and not have any issues. I really thought there was going to be a, uh, a starting pitcher in there somewhere, but unfortunately, nope. And then of course with the angels, I don't know that it really mattered. The only thing that mattered would have been if they traded Otani trout, or Rendon. I guess maybe Jared Walsh, David Fletcher, but 
Otani or Trout would have been the two big names. And Otani's really the only one that anybody would really want right now because the other two guys are both injured and who knows where they are. And do you want to take on that much of money? It'll be fun to see how the rest of the season shakes out and who makes it to, if anybody who made big deals makes it to the playoffs. It's time for Dodger baseball. So unexpected breaking news as we record the podcast, it won't be so much breaking news necessarily when you're listening to it, but uh, we just got word that uh, Vin Scully, legendary Dodger and sports announcer, incredible voice and icon in the sports world, has passed away. He's 94 years old. And I think most of us know if you're a Dodger fan, and even if you're not, if you're any sports fan, Vin called Dodger games for 67 seasons, starting in Brooklyn. His first year with the Dodgers uh, was Jackie Robinson's first year. And he grew up a he grew up a Giants fan. And you couldn't ever tell by the way he called the game that he was who he was a fan of because he called it right down the middle. But I can't remember how many games I listened to him on the radio or the simulcast could hear him on the radio and on TV because they were doing both and uh, just incredible. He called golf. He called football. Uh, He called the immaculate reception with the 49ers. He called that. Uh, if you remember in the movie for love of the game with Kevin Costner, uh, he's calling the game, uh, the, you know, Kevin Costner's Billy Chappell's perfect game, uh, there. And, and most of it was his call, not scripted. So we just found out, like I said, that, uh, that he has uh, moved on. He's, uh, he's up, uh, Tommy's probably giving him a hard time up in blue heaven. And he's joined the the rest of the team. I'm sure that uh, that Sandy Koufax is probably uh, uh, not uh, not. It's probably a sad moment for him, not just like for all of us the fans. But uh, he was close with uh, with Vin. Vin called his no hitters. We're actually going to talk about Sandy a little bit later. But for now, for this moment, let's just take a second here and and remember Vin Scully uh, as he moves on to call the games in the cornfield. All right. And as Vin would want, baseball is going to go on. He knew it would go on without him, whether, whether any of the rest of us believed it or not. And it does. And he would want to, uh, to see that happen, to move on and enjoy the game that he uh, he loves so much. So let's talk about last week's Dodgers games when uh, the Nationals came to town and then they headed out to play the Rockies. We've already talked about uh, a couple of their trade moves. We'll see how that works out coming up. Uh, but uh, in game one, was a guy that definitely wasn't going to get traded uh, on the mound, and that's Tony Gonsolin. Went six innings, gave up six hits, four runs, and only struck out four in the four to one loss to the Nationals. 
So after a great weekend of beating up on the Giants, they took a day off. <laughs> yeah, they took a day off. And the other thing you notice when you look at Tony Gonson's line is he was getting better with walks. He wasn't giving up as many walks. And in this game, he gave up three walks. Concerned about Tony Gonsolin because he was so good before the, the All-Star break. He was an All-Star. Didn't look great in the All-Star game. And now he's looking a little shaky on the mound. And I don't know if it's a, you know, like a confidence or if it's, um, a, you know, something in, with, I don't know, like a mind block, you know, something that is preventing him from, you know, getting back to where he was. So a little bit of concern with Tony. But, uh, you know, and I guess one of the things, too, is that he's throwing more innings than he's ever thrown before. So that could be another reason why he's looking Right. Kind of shaky, but if he's going to be shaky now, let it be now instead of as we get into the postseason. Uh, Trey continued hitting two for four in that game. Gavin Lux as well, two for four. And a guy that we keep saying his name more and more often, Trace Thompson. Yeah, uh, two for two three, for had a home run. Yep, he's the one that scored the one run. Uh, Juan Soto, really the only... Uh, offense he created was in this first game. He was two for four, had a triple. And then uh, Yadiel Hernandez hit a home run in that game as, like I said, the uh, the Nats walk away with a four to one win. So you figure, eh, it's just one. The Nats yeah, they aren't just that good of swept, a team. Right, and they just swept the, the, uh, <laughs> the 49ers, <laughs> the <Right>. Giants. <laughs> And uh, that would have been awesome. That Some been San weird. Francisco team. I don't <laughs> That's know. That's right. The Giants. And so you're like, okay, you know, give them, give them that, you know, one game. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. Uh, we go nope. into game two. And uh, Mitch and White. two guys is on that the are no longer with the team. <laughs> yeah. They're on the hill during that game. Yeah, and one, when I heard he was had been traded, I was like, I think it's because of this game <laughs> that he got traded. Um, yeah, Mitch White on the mound, six innings, uh, gave uh, nine hits, gave up two runs, uh, had four strikeouts, no walks, didn't give up any home runs, so he looked good. It wasn't until Garrett Clevenger, who had been called up earlier from Oklahoma City, Came in, pitched one and two-thirds innings, gives up three hits, six runs, uh, four of those earned, uh, had a walk and three strikeouts. And it was uh, Skip who had to come in and, you know, kind of clean up the mess. Uh, stop that, the bleeding, you know, as it stop were. Stop the bleeding, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, that Garrett Clevenger, that, I think that was his uh, audition. And uh, his exit. All at one time. Thanks. We'll be in touch. <laughs> That's right. Now, on, <clears throat> on the other side, also on the mound, former Dodger prospect, Josiah Gray. 
uh, on the hill. Five innings pitch, gave up five hits, three runs, struck out six. Uh, the clown, Victor Robles, three for five with a stolen base. Uh, Josh Bell, one of the top ten hitters in the league, He'd batting 304 at that point. Two for four, two RBIs. And then uh, Luis Garcia, three for five with a home run and two RBIs for the Nats. So it takes us to the last game of that series. Things kind of turned around, partially because the Nats threw the guy who was supposed to be a really good pickup for them and has just fallen apart, and that's Patrick Corbin. Only goes two-thirds of an inning, gave up seven hits and six runs as the Dodgers thump them seven to one. Uh, what's one thing that was kind of cool is, as we were talking about um, all of these guys coming back from injuries, Andrew Haney uh, back on yeah. the mound. And we get to see now what what can they expect. And maybe what they saw was enough to not go out there and push to get a starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was limited in his pitch count, but he went four innings, gave up a, a one hit, had three walks, four strikeouts, but he looked um, he looked pretty good on the mound. And so I think, yeah, I think you're you're right in that um, line of thinking that they were like, yeah, you know, we got a- we got Haney, so you know, let's keep at it. Um, and in this game, we had. Uh, Mookie Betts was two for three. It was like everybody had a double. Uh, Mookie had a double. Trey had a double. Uh, Hanser Alberto had a double. Uh, Gavin Lux had a double. Was was, was Oprah there? You get uh, a yeah, double. Yeah, she was handed him out. You get a double. That's right. So at least they salvaged that win because they were headed to Colorado where they haven't played well. So, no, but it wasn't like when they came from Atlanta previously, they right. head up from LA to get there for a four game set with the Rockies. And you were talking about doubles. They Oprah was there. She followed them. She followed them. <laughs> She yeah. took her show on the road. <laughs> it was, yeah, pretty pretty good. Tyler Anderson on the hill for the Dodgers. Yeah, he looked really good. Uh, seven innings pitched, gave up four hits, but no runs, no walks, had four strikeouts. And then it was Jake Reed who came in. Um, he holds it with, uh, gives up one hit, pitches one inning, gives up one hit. Uh, and a walk. And then the guy who is becoming in the uh, realm of Russell Martin, Hanser Alberto, the closer for the Dodgers in this game, who uh, pitched one inning, gives up two hits, didn't have any strikeouts, but the Dodgers thumped the Rockies 13 to nothing. And we had Trey had a double. Freddie, Will, Gavin, Cody. It was doubles everywhere. Uh, Mookie was uh, 
you know, two for six, Trey Turner, three for four. Um, everybody had a hit in this game exact, except for former Dodger and now Cub, Zach McKinstry. Huh. How about that? Well, in, interesting for the Rockies, Brendan Rodgers was four for four. He had more hits alone than the whole rest of the team had together. <laughs> That's it. It was the Brendan Rodgers show and... Nobody was tuning in from the Rockies dugout. No, they were they were ignoring him. So game one, success. Game two sees Julio Urias on the mound. And he too went seven seven innings. Yeah, seven innings, gives up four hits, two runs, and has four strikeouts. And uh the Dodgers were up. It was like five to two. They were looking good. They were going to cruise in. Evan Phillips comes in from the bullpen who looked, uh, you know, who has looked really good. And then Craig Kimbrell and is very Craig Kimbrell like on most days. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Pitches an inning, gives up three hits, two runs. Gives up a walk, gives up a strikeout. Dodgers are, gives up. He, get, he gets a strikeout. He gives up. I'm so used to saying he gives up, but he got a strike. Um, Dodgers hold on to win five to four, and that is because, again, everybody um, everybody contributed. The only two guys that didn't have a hit, Freddie Freeman and Gavin Lux, but they both got on base because they had they got a walk. Uh, Mookie had a triple, uh, Will Smith had a home run, two run home run, uh, Cody had a double and then Trace Thompson, two run Homer to help in that win. When I see Trace play, it just makes me say, Joey who? Yeah. Like, why did we need to go get him? Uh, Chris Bryant, (laughs) who you almost forget is there. Uh, Two for four, and then we talked about him earlier, somebody we thought might get traded, Jose Iglesias, who's batting 303 at that point. Uh, two for three, one of the top ten in batting average in the National League. So we go to game three, Kershaw on the mound, automatic win. It should be. It should be an automatic W in the books, and that's not what happened. Nope. Because Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland. Yep. He was on the mound in his hometown of Denver. Uh, yeah, you know, Kershaw went five and a third innings, gives up eight hits, five runs, three of those earned, only has three strikeouts. This is not a good game for Jumbo Jacks. And neither was the game before or there the game many. before that. Yeah, no, Jumbo Jacks, they're jacking the boxes like, hey, this is the greatest promotion ever. We don't have to give anything away. That's right. Yeah, in this game, it was Kershaw who, you know, the uh, Colorado ends up winning the game five to three. And it was Kershaw that was uh, on the hook for all of those runs um, that uh that the Rockies got, and like we said, it was because Kyle Freeland was on the mound, and he pitched six innings, um, gave up six hits, three runs, and had six strikeouts. So not a lot. I mean, Trey Turner did have a home run in this game, 
but everything else pretty non-existent for the Dodger lineup. Yeah, base hit here or there, but nothing really that uh, that brought anything. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, three for four in that game. It was Randall Grychek that uh, had a triple and three RBIs. And then once again, Jose Iglesias, who keeps showing up like that, but he didn't show up like that when he was an angel. In fact, last year he got DFA'd as an angel. So well, and fam- you know what? What's interesting about about him, Jose Iglesias, is he loves playing against the Dodgers. I think that's what it is because when he plays against the Dodgers, he is seems to always be on on base. He's always getting them out, making these great defensive plays. Doing his Tim Anderson impersonation, always on yeah, base. Yeah, always on base. Wait, I thought the Dodgers were batting. Why is Jose Iglesias on base? They they get the L, but that's all right. They had one. They had won two of them, you know, right there, boom, boom, in uh, Rocky Land. Which looked a lot better than they have uh, in the game. I mean, they opened the season uh, with the Rockies and didn't look good. And then uh, finally, we see Tony Gosselin back on the mound again to uh, close things out. Game four, the Sunday finale. And really, there was only one name that really needs to be talked about out of Sunday. Um, and it isn't Tony Gonsolin. It's nope. not Herman Marquez, who pitched for uh, for the Rockies, or their catcher, Brian Servin, who hit a home run. Nope. This is rookie. Very first game. What's that guy's name? James something? James Outman. <laughs> James Outman. Uh, yeah. I mean, he came in and was on fire. Comes up. First at bat in the major leagues. Third pitch of the at bat. Hits a home run. Crazy. I mean, this guy, uh, he was called up after uh, Zach McKinstry was traded and um, he is the eighth player in franchise history to hit a home run in his first big league plate appearance. He went on to not only have a home run, but also have a double. He had three RBIs in that game. He's the first player in franchise history to have uh, three hits, a home run, three RBIs, and two runs scored in his debut and only second to have three hits and three RBIs in his big league debut. The last time that happened was Packy Rogers. You remember Packy Rogers from 1938? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Good old Packy. Yeah. Um, he's also the third Dodger player to have a home run and three hits in his major league debut, um, joining Jose Offerman in 1990 and Ernie Coy in 1938. And he is the first Dodger in 30 years to have three or more hits in his Major League debut. The last time that happened was Hall of Famer Mike Piazza, September 1st, 1992. And he is the first player in the majors to debut with three hits, a home run, three RBI since, wait for it, Joey Gallo. Oh. June 2nd, 2015. His new teammate. Yeah. 
So that's that? really all you need to know about that game is it was uh, James Outman Day at uh, Coors Field. Exactly. Yeah. What what else was there? He sounded like when you're going through all the stuff that he did, it almost sounded like, wait, are you going to say Shohei Otani? Right. Because that no. sounds to be like his thing. We'll get to Shohei coming up. Uh, so that not a bad week. I mean, they had they lost a couple to uh, to the Nats, one to the Rockies. So a pretty decent week. It still keeps them up. Uh, you know, really, as far as the major leagues concerned, just a game behind the Yankees overall as we uh, we finished up the weekend. So the Dodgers head from Colorado to San Francisco, where uh, they'll take on the Giants, who, like I said, made some moves of their own. See if that makes any difference. And then uh, and then they're going to be back home to take on the Padres. And it'll be interesting to see with all those changes. Uh, and uh, one of the guys that we mentioned earlier that got an extension is a Padres pitcher. Yes. So we'll talk about him in around baseball and what kind of an extension he got. In the meantime, player of the week. I had to go with, please extend him. He needs an extension now. Trey Turner. Oh, yeah. 366, four RBIs, four doubles, two home runs, uh, and making really good uh, defensive plays, too. Uh, yeah. Out of everything that I would have loved to see in the trade deadline, I wanted to see Trey Turner extended, and I think I, I really hope that it happens. Yeah, that was the one thing I was hoping to see as well. But, alas, it did not. But I picked Trey also. 18-game hit streak as of the weekend. Eight of those have been multi-hit games. He has not been hitless since July 8th. We'll see next week if he can continue that on, but his name would have popped up in every single game with a hit. All right, one last time before we uh, we move on and we take a look at the Angels. Um, as we started the segment, we just found out that uh, Vince Scully has, uh, has left us for uh, Blue Heaven in the cornfield to call uh, whatever the next great game is that's going there. And uh, and we just wanted to send out uh, an SRBB condolences to his family. Uh, he will join his wife, who preceded him in death uh, by a couple of years. And uh, we'll, you know, for those of us who got to hear him, uh, you know, it'll always stick with us. And then we get to hear him before the Dodger segment every time with uh, it's time for Dodger baseball. Yeah, Vince Scully was the voice of our summer. Um, that's how I always saw him. Uh, you walk into our grandparents' house, Dodger game was on. Vince Scully and play pool in the garage. Who was on the radio? Vince Scully. And um, people in the stadium uh, had their transistor radios just so they could listen to Vince Scully. Um, huge loss um, for not only uh, the Dodger family, but uh, the sports world. The Angels started this last week 
with uh, started this last week in Kansas City and then headed home so that they could take on the Texas Rangers. Uh, game one with the uh, with the Royals is uh, New Phillies pitcher Noah Syndergaard with a decent outing. Five and two-thirds innings pitch, gave up six hits, but only one run, struck out six. He was uh, up against uh, Zach Grinke, a former Angel, who uh, I'm, I'm wondering if Zach's in his final season. You know, he came back to where it all started at. He started in Kansas City. Uh, he threw yeah, five I innings. Think, I think that might be uh, – that might be uh, – that's what I'm thinking, too. I think he's he's done. Uh, only only three hits, didn't give up any runs, struck out five. Uh, another Royal that is no longer a Royal, um, Andrew Benettini, who we yes. talked a lot about last week because of his uh, vaccination status, keeping him out of Canada. Yes. Didn't and... It doesn't seem to matter, but also Whit Merrifield was traded to the Blue Jays. So I'm sure that there's some needles heading for him soon. Right. He's going to have to do that because he was one that couldn't go. Um, the, uh, the bullpen was the big problem. Uh, for the Angels with Loop, Tapera, and Austin Warren each giving up two runs apiece. Uh, so it's a 7 nothing win for the Royals. Shohei with a double, Walsh with two of them. It was a double city, kind of taking a cue from uh, the Dodgers, I guess. Yep. The Dodgers. Um, all right. And um, so you can just wipe that one off. Because in game two, the Angels grabbed the W. Turned the score around a little bit. Six to nothing. Jose Suarez on the mound. Uh, five and a third. No runs given up on three hits. Shohei, one for three with an RBI. That uh, one would have been a home run. Uh, Luis Renjifo, the guy that we keep. We see his name. Now, he had a couple of games where he didn't get hits, but he seems to be, you know, one that's constantly getting on base. He was one that I wouldn't have been surprised to hear his name uh, on, uh, you know, trade deadline time that somebody might have picked him up because he's been he's been really solid for him. Uh, yeah. Max Dassey with a home run in this game in the six to nothing victory. Angel Zerpa and Wyatt Mills pitching for Kansas City both gave up, uh, you know, one gave up two runs, the other one three runs to help the uh, Angels grab that victory. And then game three, the final game of this series, sees another ex-Angel contribute, and that would be Captain Caveman. Brandon Marsh, two for four with an RBI. A uh, a recent pickup off the waiver wire, Phil Gosselin. The goose is loose again in Anaheim, and he's got an RBI in Kurt Suzuki also. But the big thing was Jansen Junk, who the Angels picked up last season at trade deadline time from the Yankees, uh, had a pretty decent outing. Yeah. Five in. Eight strikeouts. 
Right. So yeah, five, five innings pitched, four hits, uh, no runs, but those eight strikeouts, that's what sticks out to you. And the bullpen, they looked pretty good. You know, they didn't give up any runs. Yeah. That's good. That is real good. So they leave Kansas City, head home. They've got four with the Rangers, who've been playing pretty decently. And the Rangers made a couple of moves, but they didn't make any big moves. Some people thought maybe they might be in a position to trade uh, Martin Perez, uh, who's like their ace and an all-star this season. Uh, but uh, nope, he's there, and they're just trying to to continue to build up their team. Uh, first game out, uh, Corey Seager uh, was the only game he played versus the Angels and was uh, three for three. Nathaniel, don't call me Nate Lowe, two for four for the Rangers and the uh, two to nothing victory over the Angels. Shohei, another good night, another double digit strikeout night, 11 Ks. Uh, only gave up two runs on eight hits over six innings. Just not really any, there just wasn't any offense really, except for Luis Renjifo, who yeah. almost hit for the cycle. Almost. Yeah. Just a Three home run shy of it. And then uh, the Angels welcome back David Fletcher. And he went one for three, uh, which uh, takes us to the second game of the set with Patrick Sandoval, somebody that I thought was a possible trade uh, piece. Didn't yep. go anywhere either. Uh, on the hill, five and two thirds innings, gave up four hits, two runs, and struck out six. And he went against Martin Perez, who went seven innings, gave up one run on three hits. It was Renifo and Fletcher, once again, that provided uh, a lot of the offense for the team. Uh, Marcus Simeon had a triple in the game. Uh, Just, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like it's just blah, right? Because you had... 11 strikeouts for Otani, and they lose two to nothing. And then Patrick Sandoval, six strikeouts, and they lose seven to two. But things do look up. Kind of. Yeah. There's always a caveat. Um, It wasn't a great outing for Chase Silseth. He... You know, I think he needs to go back down and get some more. The problem is we just don't have, you know, the pitching. And he, they're probably going to lean on him even more now that uh, Syndergaard's gone. He threw four innings, gave up five hits, five runs, struck out five. So there was that. Former Angel, Rizel Iglesias, pitches decently and picks up his 16th save of the season. So, of course, that means the Angels won. So after losing two so far to the Rangers, they do pick up a W. And uh, new Angels pitcher, who we talked about uh, joining the Angels not too long ago, Tuki Toussaint. He threw four innings as well, gave up two hits, two runs, and three strikeouts, and he picks up the W. Shohei, one for four with three RBIs and a home run. Max Stassi, two for four. Oh, there he is again. 
Renhifo uh, with uh, with the played. He played every infield position except for first base, pitcher, or catcher. He played second, short, and third during that game. One wow. for four with two RBIs. And David Fletcher, who's uh, done pretty well since he came back, scored two runs, drove in two, and was two for three on the night uh, for game three in that nine to seven victory. So they did get that W, which was nice. And it led us into game four and Reed Detmers, who had a no hitter earlier in the season. Then after the no hitter fell apart, went back down. And since he's been back up, He's been more consistent and a little more solid. He goes seven innings, gives up three hits and only two runs, and has an immaculate inning. Nine pitches, three strikeouts. Now, do you know how many players or how many pitchers have thrown a no-hitter and had an immaculate inning in the same season? Hmm, how many pitchers? Well, other than maybe Russell Martin might have done it. We're not sure. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm surprised because normally you know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but I not don't. today. Not today. Not, I don't know this one. Not today. All right. Only two pitchers. And one of them has done it three times. One of them is Mike Fires. That was a name I didn't expect. Yeah, I didn't expect that. The other one is one that we would all want to be like. And is my birthday buddy. He's done it three times. Three no-hitters and three immaculate innings. Sandy Koufax. That's right. Sanford Koufax. Yes. He is the only other one. And now Reed Detmers. And now Reed Detmers. Yeah, he is the uh, first pitcher in seven years with a no-hitter and an immaculate inning in the same season. So, yeah, it's been a little bit. And it's the fourth immaculate inning in the majors this year. And the 109th in baseball's uh, recorded history. Recorded history. Right. So there would be more, but it wasn't recorded. So when you hear that, you would think, wow, pretty incredible game. How much did the Angels win by? Minus three. They lost five to two. Uh, I know. Anything. Uh, Jose they were Quijada supposed to comes be... in, drops the ball. Yeah, Dro- uh, totally Shohei, dropped the ball. Shohei was two for two, had a triple, walked twice. Luis Renjifo, one for four with an RBI. And uh, Brandon Marsh, two for four in that game. So, I, uh, pretty standard. We'll see what happens going forward without, uh, you know, two of their better pitchers because now you've got uh, to fill the hole with, um, you know, do you use Aaron loop, Ryan Tapera, 
Is there somebody else that you want to try to uh, move up into a closer role? Uh, I think those are the only two that you could really use this season. I don't think anybody else is really ready. So there's that. We'll see how all that plays out. First game in Oakland, Syndergaard was uh, scheduled to pitch. So we'll next week we'll talk about who took over Syndergaard's spot in the rotation again to start off against Oakland. And then um, and they're at home for that. And then they head north to Seattle. We'll see if they have to take on Luis Castillo and any of the new uh, Mariners. Mariners are definitely in the uh, the race for a playoff spot. One of the wild cards. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, the player of the week. I sound like a broken record, but I went with Luis Renifo again. Uh, he is consistent. He is solid. Uh, 10 for 28, 357, nine RBIs, uh, just uh, always has a hit, you know, is and uh, and obviously playing everywhere. He's doing it all. Yeah, apparently uh, I gave the uh, player of the week uh, to Luis Renjifo uh, a break and went with <laughs> David Fletcher, even uh, though he okay. only played three games uh, coming in. He uh, was four for 10. So he was uh, batting 400, had two doubles and two RBIs. So he came back out strong after um, after having uh, the issues he had earlier in his time on the IL. So hopefully he'll continue that. And maybe I thought maybe making him the player of the week will motivate him. Yeah. To do great things. Great things. I think it's worked for Luis Renjifo. <laughs> I think so. Time to hop in the dugout cart and uh, tool around the stadium. Take a look around baseball. And this week, we're going to start a little differently because our very own Jana went to a minor league game this week or last week and got to see the robo ump in action i did so the robo ump is just a regular ump it's not like a real robot if you were hoping that that's not what that it is be better it would <laughs> it'd be better he's like thinking of uh rosie from the you know the jetsons that was exactly out there. what i was thinking <laughs> um but now it's just um you know, the home plate umpire has an earbud, uh, you know, in his ear and it's balls and strikes and it makes the game go a little quicker because uh, there's no argument. You know, there's no, I don't think so. I mean, they don't, no one, no one was thrown out um, <laughs> of the game for arguing balls and strikes. And uh, it was pretty quick, you know, as soon it's relayed and the umpire makes a gesture, you know, ball, strike, whatever it may be. Um, So I was impressed. I was kind of impressed with it because I noticed that it really kept the pace of the game going. The other thing in the minor leagues is they have the pitch clock. um, And so that also helps keep the game on pace. Um, the isotopes played the Las Vegas 
um, aviators. Uh, aviators won that game 12 to 7. Uh, got to see a couple of former Dodgers, Sheldon Noisy, who looks angry. He just looks <laughs> like he oh, doesn't want to be in minor leagues. Uh, Billy McKinney was there and he was playing. And then Jed Lowry was uh, was playing also. And he had a home run in that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. And um, I think, you know, I think that the RoboUmp, I, I think I could um, handle it being in the majors even if they only used it when one game a series when angel hernandez might be behind the plate yeah that, that might, might be worth it right <laughs> maybe there. they start it in they ease into it with that like okay he's gonna be behind the plate here's your earbud just call you know the the um umpire still has his you know manual his clicker you know so he can keep track of what's going on um but yeah it was it was um it's like seamless there was you know just it like i said it kept it kept it going fun night at the ballpark it was uh breaking bad night it was actually the uh, isotopes were the green chili cheeseburgers um they played as the green chili cheeseburgers that night so uh different uniforms and uh it was breaking bad night also which is an iconic show that was filmed in Albuquerque um, and Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul threw out the first pitch. Aaron Paul threw the first pitch to uh, Brian Cranston. And then they sang uh, take me out to the ball game during the seventh inning. And uh, the isotopes had the largest attendance for the minor leagues this season so far. That night, 15,619, the lab was packed. And we had a good time. Awesome. Uh, Brian Cranston didn't get tossed out of the game like he did in the uh, celebrity <laughs> softball game. He did not. He did not. But it was cool to see them, kind of surreal. But because, uh, you know, you, you watch them and, and, and uh, but yeah, the, everybody in Albuquerque loves them um, in New Mexico because they kind of jump started the whole uh, filming here in New Mexico, not just TV shows, but movies. And but yeah, so I have a thumbs up for the Robo Ump. Sweet. All right. Before we take a look at uh, Jock's invitation to the world, who was another guy who there was some talk about him maybe being traded uh, and did not move. Before we get to that, we're at the beginning of a new month, so we got all of the monthly awards. But let's start with Players of the Week. There's a familiar face there and a new face. Yeah. Uh, for the second week in a row, the American League Player of the Week is Aaron Judge. He batted 348 with five home runs, 10 RBIs in six games. Uh, he hit a home run in four of the six games. Um, he had a two home run, six RBI game against the Royals. And the next day he hit his 200th career home run. He's on pace for 67 home run season. Yeah. I would love to see him, see him do it. Yeah. Uh, that would just, be cool. Yeah. 
And then our NL player of the week, or I say our, the NL player of the week is Merrill Kelly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He threw 15 scoreless innings over two starts. He allowed just six hits over the two starts while striking out 15 batters and only walking two. All right. Players or relievers or um, concessionaires or whatever of the month. All right. Another familiar name. For the AL Player of the Month, Aaron Judge. This is his second of the season. He was May's Player of the Month. Uh, He had 25 runs, 31 hits, 5 doubles, 13 home runs, 31 RBIs, 17 walks, 5 stolen bases across 25 games. Uh, He delivered his third walk-off home run which tied Hall of Famer Mickey Mantle for the franchise's single-season record. And he recorded his MLB-leading ninth multi-homer game of the season um, on Friday night at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I mean, his nine such outings are the most by a Yankee in a single season in club history. And he became the first player in baseball history to register nine multi-homer outings through his team's first 101 games of a season um with his major league leading 43rd home run of the season against the mariners he became the fourth big leaguer in history to log 43 or more homers through his club's first 104 games of a season joining barry bonds mark mcguire and babe ruth And uh, let's go to the National League Player of the Month, who... Do we um, really need to? I mean, is there anybody, isn't Aaron Judge just the all-MLB player of everything? Yeah. Right now. I mean, I kind of feel that way. Um, He didn't hit as many home runs, but he did help his uh, team out quite a bit. And that is Austin Riley, the National League Player of the Month. Austin Riley of the Braves batted 423 with 21 runs scored, 15 doubles, 11 home runs, 25 RBIs, seven walks, and an 885 slugging percentage over 26 games. He had 16 multi-hit games during the month of July, third most in a calendar month in franchise history behind Philippe Ballou and Ralph Gar, who share the record with 17 multi-hit efforts. And on July 29th, he became the third Brave in franchise history to record at least 44 hits, 11 home runs, and 24 RBIs within a 25-game span, joining Hall of Famers Chipper Jones and Hank Aaron. And now, with this contract extension that we alluded to earlier, he's got a chance to uh, maybe unseat Chipper Jones and find his own way to the Hall of Fame as the greatest brave third baseman ever. Yeah, he uh, during this time that he uh, garnered player of the month awards, he signed a 10 year, $212 million extension with the Braves. Who's next? (laughs) Well, Let's head to the mound, and we got pitchers of the month. Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox, second month in a row, 
has been named the AL Pitcher of the Month. He was uh, had a 5-1 and one record with 40 strikeouts and a 0.76 ERA across six starts. And he limited the opposition to 24 hits, 13 walks, three home runs over 35 and two-thirds innings. He made 12 consecutive starts from May 29th to July 31st, in which he allowed one earned run or less, joining Jacob deGrom as the only starting pitchers, excluding openers, since 1913 to post 12 straight such starts. He also joined... DeGrom and Jake Arietta as the only starter since 1913 to allow a total of four earned uh, four earned runs or less in a 12 outing span. And he also became the third pitcher in MLB history to post nine consecutive starts in which he pitched at least five innings without allowing more than one run in nine or more consecutive starts, joining Hall of Famer Bob Gibson and Jack Combs. And another familiar name, he was the NL Player of the Week, and now he is also the pitcher for the National League, and that is Merrill Kelly. Across six starts, he had a perfect 4-0 record, 33 strikeouts, 8 walks, and a 1.31 ERA over 41 and one-third innings. He he did have – they – he did allow 24 hits and two home runs. Um, each of his outings consisted of at least six innings, and he didn't yield more than two runs in any starts. Um, he tossed at least seven frames while notching seven or more punch outs and not surrendering more than three hits in a pair of starts on July 25th and July 31st, which marked just the seventh such two start streak in team history and the first since. Hall of Famer Randy Johnson did it in 2004. He also became the third uh, Diamondbacks pitcher to post an ERA below 1.40 with a minimum of six starts, joining Dan Heron and Randy Johnson, who accomplished the feat three times during his Cy Young award-winning seasons in 1999, 2000, and 2002. And we'll continue to stay on the mound, but a little later in the innings, and go to Relievers of the Month. All-star closer Edwin Diaz of the New York Mets has been voted the National League Reliever of the Month for the second consecutive month. He made 11 scoreless appearances for the Mets and converted each of his seven save opportunities. He logged 25 strikeouts while surrendering just one walk, two hits across 11.1 innings pitched, 30 of his last 39 outs being recorded via the strikeout, he has struck out 52.5% of batters faced, the highest strikeout rate by a reliever uh, through 42 appearances of a season in MLB history. And he has not allowed a run in his last 15 outings dating back to June 22nd. And then we'll head north to honor Canadian native Jordan Romano of the Toronto Blue Jays, who's been voted the American League Reliever of the Month. He made 10 appearances for the Blue Jays, 0.84 ERA, uh, converted each of his seven save opportunities, posted a 12-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio, allowed just four hits. He became the seventh pitcher in franchise history to save his 20th game before the All-Star break. He set a new career high by saving his 
saving his American League leading 24th game of the season. And he loves being in Toronto at Rogers Center because across 22 appearances and 23 innings pitched, he has allowed just a single earned run while tallying 25 strikeouts and giving up just 11 hits and five walks. Wow. He does like it there. He does. And then the last one, rookie of the month, infielder Jose Miranda, who I learned is a cousin of Hamilton's uh, Lynn Miranda. And uh, he is the American League Rookie of the Month for July and pitcher Spencer Strider. I, you know, of the uh, Atlanta when you Braves. said that he was a relative of, I didn't expect you to say Lynn Manuel Miranda. I thought you were going to say Carmen Miranda. No. Uh, I did. I forgot the name. Well, hit so, with yes. a with a, a fruit <laughs> kind of thing on his head. <laughs> That'd be awesome, but no. Maybe he's singing Hamilton songs. Comes out and um, raps about <laughs> baseball. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So he is the American League Rookie of the Month, and then pitcher Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves has been voted the National League Rookie of the Month for July. Jose Miranda had a had scored 13 runs, 24 hits, two doubles, five home runs, and 19 RBIs over 20 games played. Had a 3.53 batting average. He logged three hits in three consecutive games from July 24th to the 27th. Uh, he batted 426 with 20 hits during a 13-game span from July 5th to the 27th, had 10 runs, uh, collecting 10 runs, six extra base hits, and 15 RBIs. And then we'll turn our sights to Spencer Strider down in Georgia. He made five starts for Atlanta. He had a 2-1 and one record with a 2.70 ERA across 26.2 innings pitched, had 41 strikes, Gave up nine walks, 15 hits, and two home runs. He became the first pitcher in franchise history to post three outings with at least 10 strikeouts within his first eight career starts. When they played against St. Louis, he became the first Braves pitcher since at least 1961 to have nine strikeouts for the first three innings of a game. And he logged six innings with at least 11 strikeouts while not allowing more than two hits in consecutive starts on July 2nd and July 7th, becoming the first major league rookie since 1900 to register 11 or more punch outs and two or fewer hits allowed in consecutive starts. And his mustache has replaced the pearls in Atlanta. You know, it's funny is we talked last week about the the questions about trades with Otani and the Braves and that these people, they said, OK, Jesus Christ was one of them. None of the people who said anything that commented on that tweet said anything about giving up Jesus Christ, but they were against trading Strider. Yes, that's right. We mentioned earlier Brett Phillips. We were going to talk about the fact that he got DFA'd, but then he got traded to the Orioles. So the Rays got something for it. Uh, he's a guy we'd love to have on the show and would also love to to get something going with him and his his brand. Baseball is fun. Very basic, but just 
baseball is fun. We would love to uh, to do that. But he's going to be playing with uh, with my other favorite team, the Orioles. Uh, and then uh, another player that we talked about because we talked about uh, Austin Riley getting that extension. Another player that got an extension, Joe Musgrove from San Diego. Yeah, homegrown, homegrown uh, son of San Diego. Uh, they extend the Padres extend him for five years, a hundred million dollars. So a uh, good move for the Padres. He's been really good for them. Loves pitching there, obviously, and uh, keeps him there. So um, no one's trying to to fleece him to get him. Nope. And uh, we'll see now how it all works with all of the changes. The Padres gave up Denilson Lamet who was supposed to be a good pitcher for them and had injury issues and other things. He just never came back. They were able to ship him out as part of, uh, part of the Juan Soto trade. Now that he's going to be there. Uh, and it looks like Fernando Tatis jr. Is starting his rehab work to get back into baseball activities. So scratching and spitting is always the first thing. So they're going to be, uh, you know, working working through that, uh, and uh, so we'll we'll see how the Padres all come together with these with these changes that they made. Um, yeah, uh, Tatis is supposed to be possibly going out on a rehab assignment here pretty soon, like maybe within maybe this weekend or within the week, and then. If you were wondering what players like to do in the off season, some players are realizing or they're not going to have any playoffs. So their off season is going to start a little early. And Jock Peterson, I think, is getting that feel that the Giants are finding their way out of contention. So he put out a tweet inviting people to, uh, I guess, apply to be part of his fantasy football league. And uh, and then you were going to get picked. So if you decided to go, then you'd be picked. I don't know how many people he's going to pick. And uh, I'm sure there's a promotion connected to it, too, because he had mentioned some kind of fantasy football league connected to something. Um, I didn't see if at any point he said uh, no physical violence or anything like that. If you don't like what I said or you lose, you don't get to slap me. Right. And is this the same fantasy football league that Mike Trout is the commissioner for, or is it a different league? I think that's a different league. So maybe that's a more private high roller. I think. Exactly. Well, it costs like 50,000 to get into that league. I don't think that was the case for this one. (laughs) No. (laughs) While all this trade deadline madness was going on and his team was getting all these new faces connected to it. Jacob deGrom found his way off of the wheel. His first outing since July 7th of 2021, he threw five innings, only 59 pitches. They held him to a uh, below, but he didn't walk anybody, struck out six, and he threw the ball 102 miles per hour. And he's already talking he wants to go to the World Series. And the Mets are building a team. So the only thing that he has to do to help them 
is stay off of the wheel of fire. He's on the IL now. He's on the IL now. Could be 60, 10, maybe 15. Hamstring, shoulder. Ow, my oblique. He's on the wheel of IL now. Coming soon to a 78 speed record and an eight track take. Available only on Reel to Reel. (laughs) We're going to look at Drew Jones first, who was the Diamondbacks. The number two pick, Drew Jones? Yeah, Diamondbacks first round pick. He injured his shoulder during his first batting practice session with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he will undergo... Arthroscopic posterior labral repair surgery this week. And get this the surgery is the same operation that Diamondbacks 2021 first round pick Jordan Lawler underwent earlier this year. So I'm thinking that (laughs) I'm thinking that if you are in the, if you're, a potential draft pick and Arizona Diamondbacks draft you first, just say no because your fate may be shoulder surgery. But yeah, so I had to start off with that one. Drew Jones um, didn't even get off the ground. Not even played a game in minor leagues. Nothing. All right, Uh, Eric Hosmer, who is now a Boston Red Sox, is listed as day-to-day with a neck injury. I don't know if he got some whiplash with making his his decision. Do I stay or do I go now? I don't know. Chris Bryant, I don't know what the Rockies are thinking about this signing. He was on the wheel with back issues. Now he is back on the wheel with plantar fasciitis. Huh. And um, if you've had plantar fasciitis, it can take a while to get over. Um, So hopefully he's wearing those special compression socks and doing what he needs to do to get uh, off the IL. His stretches. Yeah. Uh, Also in Colorado, Jolice Chassin, is on the 15-day IL. Now, this is a new one. He is a pitcher, and he has toe sesamoiditis. I really practiced that. We need to send you to, like, um, terminology school, like medical terminology school. (laughs) So it looks like sesame. So sesamoiditis is an inflammation of the sesamoid bones in the ball of the foot and the tendons they are embedded in. And this inflammation is caused by overuse, 
especially by dancers, runners, and athletes who frequently bear weight on the balls of their feet. And it is treated with rest and anti-inflammatory medication. So he is a pitcher. It kind of makes sense. But that was the first. <laughs> that is a first on the Wheel of IL. This is also a first. And this is uh, Mike Trout, who had ribcage inflammation or a ribcage injury. But then we have come to find out that he has a costovertebral vertebral dysfunction at the T5 in his spine. And when we heard this, it was like, he's done. This is it. This is his baseball career is over. He has seen a spine specialist. And actually, it's, I guess, not as bad as maybe what it was first portrayed. He, you know, he's going to have to work at it and do stretches and do things to keep it where it's where he can play. But um and it he's is working something on that, that could cause him issues going forward if he's not careful with it. Or even right. if he is, it they're not sure exactly how it how it happened. But you know, everybody's like, uh oh, Mike Trout's career's over or on the way to being over. And Mike Trout said, Well, last week my career was over and this week I'm fine. So, you know. Right. <laughs> we'll see how it yeah. plays out. Because yeah. it's with so the Angels, he probably will have issues going forward. Well, hopefully not. I mean, we like Mike Trout. And we, you know, wish him the best that hope that this is not something that will hamper him and that he will be able to work, you know, figure out what he needs to do to stay healthy. Justin Turner was listed as day to day for a while, came back, uh, played in the last game, uh, with against the Nationals and then didn't play at all in Denver. They wanted to give him some time off, but he has now landed on the 10-day IL with an abdominal injury. Another guy who just got traded. He had just signed with the Giants, I think like maybe 10 or 12 days before. He is now a brewer, and that is Trevor Rosenthal. He's on the IL with a hamstring injury. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton has an Achilles injury, but it looks like that he may be coming back um, sometime this week. Evan Longoria of the Giants has a hamstring injury. Julio Rodriguez on on the 10-day IL with a wrist injury after being hit by a pitch. Uh, There is no fracture, so good news for the Mariners, but um, still uh, contusion and swelling in that wrist. Ty France is also uh, out with a wrist injury, but he is listed day-to-day. St. Louis outfielder Tyler O'Neill has a leg injury. He's also listed day-to-day. George Springer is listed as day-to-day with an elbow injury. So we'll keep an eye on those guys to see if they do go on the IL. And then we save this one for last. Rangers' John Gray, their pitcher, is on the 15-day IL with an oblique injury. Oblique, oblique, oh my side. Oh, 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 oh my side. And that does it for our ride on the wheel of IL. All right, time to throw the tarp on uh, on the field and uh, close up shop. 
for this edition of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Remember, you can go to our website, siblingrivalrybb.com. While you're there, click on one of the Fanatics links. Find your favorite gear from not only your favorite baseball teams and players, but from any sport, just about. And uh, you can get in there, especially with uh, football getting ready to start up again uh, with college and the pros. I know that uh, you can you can go in there and get. The, I always get some Titans gear through our link. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get uh, a new jersey. I don't know. I could duct tape Panthers across to my Browns jersey um, for Baker, but uh, I might have to get some uh, Panthers gear. And then, uh, once again, you can find us on Twitter at SiblingRivalryBB without the A. And on Instagram and Facebook at SiblingRivalryBB with the A. Is that uh, a, like a bubbling brook? Facebook? Is that a new thing? Facebook. Or? Did I say <laughs> Facebook <laughs> at Instagram. Yes. <laughs> it's to instagram all. Next week we will uh, we'll talk about uh, what happened with the uh, the Dodgers. Can they continue on beating down the uh, Dodgers? And what happens when they meet up with the new look Padres? Uh, will it be back to normal gas lamp parades, or are they on? Or are they onto something? And then we'll also see if uh, you know dropping a couple of pitchers made any difference. Can uh, can the guys that are there uh, you know turn things around? Will Mike Trout be back soon? All of that is questions that we'll try to answer next week on the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Have a great week, and don't forget to swing away.